0: Welcome to this week's episode of the 13th Floor Podcast. I'm Cece.
1: I'm Alex. I'm James.
0: And today, Alex, what are we talking about?
2: Uh, We're talking about UFOs, encounters, and aliens that like to probe. Mm -hmm. uh,
0: Aliens that like to probe. I've got one of those in my story.
2: Oh. (laughs) And this is our first try this week, so... I've got a little more pep in my step.
0: Yeah, last week was a trying week because Alex was just flustered and angry that we had to (laughs) re-record
1: the (laughs) intro twice. Do you
0: remember that, James? you remember how angry he was? (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) He's in a much better mood today. Are you in a good mood, James? How are you doing?
1: Doing all right. How about
2: you guys? I feel like I've got a little razzmatazz, a little pep in my step, wow. oh, a little hot in my trot, as they say.
0: Why, why do you have a hot in your trot? Uh,
2: because after we get our done recording tonight, we're be finishing John Wick. Uh,
0: I can't wait to see
2: Keanu Reeves cap a f- few fools, you know what I'm saying?
0: Oh my gosh. Nice. Yeah, we're going on a date night over the weekend, and we're going to see John Wick 4? Yes. Yep. So we're trying to watch the John Wicks, but I've only seen the first and second one.
2: Yeah, she hasn't seen the third one. So we're building up so she can see three (laughs) and then four. So we can watch the three-hour John Wick movie, John Wick 4.
0: Is it three hours long?
2: Yeah, two hours, 45 minutes. And it's getting tens out of tens. Mm, I get so
0: tired. The good thing
2: is we had to go out a little earlier. So maybe we won't get so tired.
0: Bitch. Wow. Uh, it's
2: hard to believe there's a three hour John Wick movie, but the the harder to believe thing is there, there's a three hour John Wick movie that's getting really good reviews. <laughs> okay,
0: I think that this is a really good icebreaker. Um, if you were
2: John Wick, who would you do? Who would Alex, you kill first?
0: Oh
1: um,
2: no,
0: <laughs> that is a terrible icebreaker. No, my icebreaker is, what is your ideal date? Oh. Yes, yeah, since Alex has got this razzmatazz, I feel like his is his is fairly obvious. It is dinner and a movie.
2: I, I'm pretty content with the dinner and a movie. Now, now, if I really am like, if I have a lot of time, money's not an issue for like a sitter. I would, I, I would rather have dinner and like an experience. Yeah, uh, and by experience, I mean like go to a museum or go to like one of those limited time pop up museums that are only there for like you know three or four months.
0: Ah. That's- that would
2: be a lot of fun. But usually uh that requires more money for a longer babysitting that also requires travel time to downtown.
0: Oof, babysitting's expensive. Just,
2: just a lot a lot of things to add right now. Yeah. Yeah, but but that would probably be my ideal date. Dinner and like a little museum type experience.
0: Oh, that's cool. I didn't know you liked going to museums.
2: <laughs> How did you not know that we, we I, go to them all the time? Whenever like we're on vacation or something.
0: Yeah, when we go on vacation, that's different though.
2: That's a little bit different. Yeah, it is different because you're actually there and you can just like walk right in.
0: Well, you yes. know, you know, my ideal date. I I really like food, you guys. Yeah. I really like food, so whenever we have date nights, I'm like, let's go out to eat. That's all that I care about. I don't care what else we do. As long food? as as long as we go to a restaurant that is nice and maybe like unique, maybe like a local, not chain restaurant, and then you got to get dessert afterwards, right? You got to go get your ice cream.
2: Oh, ah, okay, so it really is food, like yes. entirely food based. Yeah.
0: Yes. So whenever you're like, hey, let's hire, you know, a babysitter and go to a movie and do all this stuff, I'm like, listen, I go to a movie, but I want to make sure I eat first. Mm. You yeah. Know? So that's I'm very very easy to please, James. I'm uh, curious because we've never talked about this before. What's that, your yeah. what's your ideal date?
1: Uh, it would keep it be- G-rated, there, James. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, dinner and uh, an experience, but like a natural experience. So. Like, oh, <laughs> I, knew, I knew you were gonna laugh at that. Oh man, <laughs> like, like an aquarium or a walk or a petting zoo or something, oh. you know, nature involved. A, yeah, a
0: petting zoo,
1: petting, hey, Ooh, come on, who doesn't want to go to a petting
2: zoo?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: aye, 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 <laughs> well.
1: Oh. James, <laughs> wow! How did I not catch that? That was that I was a low roll. ball, and I just immediately assumed she was just rolling her eyes at <laughs> Oh, oh the- my god! I thought, you know, I thought I was being judged. Oh. No, no,
0: I'm not being. You're not being judged because you know there are some really awesome <laughs> Betty Zeus, but yeah. you know. I, oh, I, I,
2: they're usually in the senior part of
0: town. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> fantastic.
0: You know what? I think we've done it. I think we're done with this. But you know what? quite <laughs> the icebreaker. You know what we haven't done in a while, you guys? What? Party Party hellos? Yeah. Yeah. So, you guys, we got to give major props to a lot of these countries around the world, right? Because Australia... Just, I, I think it's New South Wales, Australia. Let me look at it quickly. But Australia has been watching, or er, watching, listening the heck out of the 13th floor. Oh, know. nice. Yes. So, Australia, we want to give a hearty hello to you. And then we also want to give a hearty hello to Bahrain. Oh, uh. all right. And then, <laughs> here in the United States, we're going to give a... Hearty, hearty hello to the wonderful state of Colorado. Hey.
2: Aye, aye, aye.
0: They have been our top listen state this uh, this month. So, whoever is listening in Colorado, I just want to give you a high five and a hug.
2: Nice. <laughs> one, one
0: Miss. So, hearty hello to everybody, and thank you to everybody who is tun- tuning in. And also, thank you to everybody who sent in topics lately because we've gotten quite a few. So,. Mm-hmm. We're looking forward to talking about some upcoming episodes, uh, including Spontaneous Combustion that we'll be doing in a couple of weeks. Cool. So, you know what? I think it's time for us to talk about aliens. Nice. James, I know that you absolutely adore aliens, and since you love aliens so much, I want to give you the opportunity to choose who goes first today. Oh, oh good wow. deal. James. Uh, so,
2: look at you. <laughs> I think we'll how' does it around. feel to have all that power
1: within your head right? yeah it's it's uh, corrupting um, <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, how about CC Alex and me
0: okay cool let's do it
2: Did, did you notice that whenever you give James the power he never picks himself first or that's very, right. rarely? That's yeah. very rarely
0: that's because he's a sweetheart and he cares about other people okay
2: <laughs> or he thinks he's or he goes about the philosophy save the best for last and he thinks he's the best. Oh, James.
1: that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: Listen, it's my turn to talk about aliens. And I'm talking about an incident that happened in Poland. Ooh. Yeah, not too long ago, but also kind of long ago. It happened that in... That makes no sense. Emelsen. And I probably butchered that. I'm so sorry, Poland, because we do have listeners in Poland. So if you want to reach out and let me know the proper way to say this, please do so. But... It's spelled E-M-I-L-C-I-N, Poland, and it happened in 1978. That was a long
2: time ago. It is a while ago. I would would think, all right, everybody, what would be a long time ago, (laughs) but not quite long, not that long ago? I I have a time frame. I have a decade in mind. What do you think?
0: When I think Mm. of the, like, 78, I'm like, okay, that was the decade before I was born. That wasn't that long ago. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, no, it actually was. It was a long time ago. Did you know that they now have American Girl Dolls, vintage American Girl Dolls from 1999. Oof. Doesn't oh, that make you weird. feel awful? Yeah, they've got like those little inflatable, like a, an inflatable chair. Like remember mm-hmm. those was really popular? Mm-hmm. And a little yeah. pizza, a little, a little pizza and a Tamagotchi. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. It's awesome. Yeah. Am I vintage? Not- Are we vintage, James?
1: Uh, it's weird to think about. I feel like uh- – I feel like this podcast needs to be transcribed into like uh, Civil War letters, where they, they can you know, do the, the Ray Burns stuff, you know, the fiddle in the back. <laughs> <laughs> ah,
0: well.
1: I was going to say
2: 90s would be
0: the no.
2: perfect decade for long, a long time ago, but not that long ago.
0: Okay. Well, this was 78.
2: Okay. So I think you're wrong. <laughs> I'm
0: just kidding. There's a man, okay? His name was Jan Wolski. He was seventy-one years old at the time, so he's an old man. He was described in this article as from. I put it down as culture.pl. I think it was culture.poland or something like that. I can't remember the exact website, so I'll have to look it up. But um,
2: <laughs> and then not update us on
0: Well, listen, Jan Wolski in the article was described as a peasant, and I was like, "No." When I think of the seventies, you call You're calling people peasants, calling people peasants. Which just feels very like I don't know, it breaks my heart a little bit. So, anyways, that's how they described him. Says that he was abducted by aliens, mm. and he described them as little and green with webbed fingers, and they were wearing tight black overalls. Ooh. So James's <laughs> James's just like everyday peasants. outfit, <laughs> yeah. tight black yeah. overalls. Uh, and he was uh, so basically, this is what's happening according to him. He was just minding his own business, sitting on his or strong carriage when all of a sudden these little no. figures hopped onto his wagon and started talking an alien they were talking in a different language he had no idea what they were saying but he wasn't scared of them because like like i don't know for him it was just like okay like this is happening they're here <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: it's,
0: it's, they're here so they just keep riding and they're just talking to him. And he's like, okay. And I think, I think they were able to communicate with him telepathically, which is like a consistent thing in a lot of alien abduction true. stories. So I'm not going to, you know, write that off, but he, he's riding on his little horse drawn carriage and then they come up to this craft. And he said it was mm-hmm. as big as a quote, medium sized bus. And it was white. And he's just like, mm-hmm. Whoa, it's floating. It's floating off the ground. Yeah. There it is. And this is where things get wild, you guys. If it did if it hasn't already been wild enough.
2: Do things get freaky?
0: <laughs> well, the aliens invited him onto his craft and he's just like, "Okay."
2: They were wearing black leather, dude. Uh,
0: not black leather. I oh.
2: did I say black leather. He <laughs> said he black overalls. I, I picture them being <laughs> he black Immediately goes to like leather made of bondage. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly.
0: Get get your listen. I know we had a very interesting icebreaker day, but you need to get your under, Alex. I don't know what these these. i picture pictured them being made out of like spandex, maybe.
2: I thought you mentioned earlier that there was probing, so I thought leather.
0: <laughs> they were they were tight. They were tight little overalls. So anyway, <laughs> he's like, okay, I'll go, and he's not scared. Like he's, oh, oh yeah, I'm I'm kind of interested. Let's see what's what this thing is about. So. <laughs> He goes inside. I think that they, like, sucked him up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <From the> <laughs> Alex, stop it. Stop it. Good for him, I guess. <laughs> okay. You wouldn't wow. believe
1: the things that happen in Poland. Oh. Yeah.
0: Okay, anyways, now that I've composed myself, inside he said it was very minimalistic. Um, it was just a couple of benches.
1: <laughs> oh <laughs> my God. Stop gosh. it! What is so
0: funny? It just gets better. Look, <laughs> like it's a really, Roman bathhouse. You, you really like the next part? <laughs> Because they asked him to strip down to his birthday suit. <laughs> and he's just like, I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> he's like, well, listen, okay, okay. It was the 70s, okay. <laughs> Put yourself in his shoes, though. These little tiny creatures that you're not familiar with have hopped onto your horse-drawn carriage, and you're just like... <laughs> <laughs> I can't say no. I can't
1: relate whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rather unique experience.
0: <laughs> it is. It's a very unique experience. So they told him strip down. He got naked. Ooh. And then they studied him. I guess it wasn't really like probing <laughs> per se, but they studied him. <laughs> with, quote, <laughs> he said the technology they studied him with was like a pair of little plates. What? Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't picture <laughs> that in my head. But they like held, hovered it over him and like, ooh. Like looking at him, inspecting him, um, and they this is just him-
1: some like TV show in space. That's what this <laughs> it is. Could it's be. like prank shows.
0: I should write well. I'll uh, I'll talk some more about just the story behind this story in a little mm. while. But they offered him some food that he described looking like honey, but he did decline that. Oh
2: wow. Okay.
0: Yeah. So he drew the line at honey-looking <laughs> food. Um. But. Somebody described it as, quote, a tea party combined with a medical exam. <laughs> That's how they described oh, the, yeah. <laughs> the story. But story was put out there by a ufologist named, and I don't know how to say this. I'm so sorry. How do you say that? Zitzla
2: Blania. Zitzla Blania.
0: Yeah, who at the time was writing about encounters and trying to document like alien encounters So when he heard the story from Wolski and Wolski's encounters, he told people in the village, somehow it made the news. And then Blaney is like, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to interview this guy. He's like, hot dog. I've got to hear this. Uh. So he hired a doctor to make sure that Wolski wasn't like, you know, a little confused in the head. The doctor determined that he was indeed sane. Uh. um, And he supposedly found another witness of the spacecraft, a six year old boy. But that's questionable. There's, there's, Potentially years later, after all the story came out, there might have been some uh, what's it called when you put a thought in somebody's brain? Uh, some leading,
1: you talk oh. about gaslighting or inception? Or-
2: oh, um, like a uh, like when they're like, don't lead the witness, is,
0: yeah, exactly. is that what you're talking some, about, yeah, though? like what? Yeah, they might have they might have like said something in the boys oh, yeah. Saw spaceship, like oh, you saw that in the sky, right? Like you know, depending on oh, what person you ask. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is, that, is
2: that is that that's not coercion, is
0: it? No, it's not. Coercion. I think
2: that's pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah, okay. coercion. James with All it, right?
0: right, whatever. You guys are crazy. Okay, so police determined that there was no alien activity that night, though, and they concluded that Wolski dreamt it all. And some people say that he just liked attention. Uh, some say he was on drugs. Others say um, the communist regime in charge at the time of Poland came up with a story to distract the public from a failing economy. Mm. So there's like, yeah. you know, and that's, uh, I mean, take a look at like everything that's happening around us right now. All of these, <laughs> oh, there are aliens in the sky. Ugh. Don't look over here. Ooh. So when I read it, I was like, ah, oh, mm. you know, it could have been that. But lastly, some people also say that it may have actually just been a prank between ufologists. Blania. <coughs> Blania and some other guy named Wittold Warzonek, uh, a hypno- uh, hypnosis shenanigan. He Did might you have,
2: just talk backwards?
0: That's what it sounded like. <laughs> but, but, you know, there, there are a lot of theories as to whether or not this actually happened. There is actually a, um, and I saw this on Atlas Obscura, there is a statue in this city in Poland where the encounter supposedly happened commemorating it.
2: <laughs> Is it naked on Alex, the table with the, with with the plates? plates?
0: <laughs> no, it's just, it looks like a, like a, like a monolith type thing. Oh, okay. So it's, it's yeah. simple. It's simple, but some people go there to take a look at it. Cause it's like, whoa, what if an alien actually came here? So yeah, that's, that's the story. I don't know if I think that it's true. I think that it's interesting to think about. And I, I feel like, you know, if if you were seventy one years old and this happened to you, I mean I you could either be terrified or you might just be like, yeah, I've lived long enough. Like <laughs> I've seen weirder things. Let's just do it. So exactly. that's the story, you guys, of Jan Wolfski's abduction in Poland. Neat. Hey, Alex. Alex, what are you talking about?
2: I'm talking <clears throat> about the Broadhaven UFO site.
0: Where's hmm. Broadhaven?
2: Broadhaven's in Wales. Ooh, I Wales? know, I know Wales, Wales. and this uh, sighting occurred, as you might suspect, at the Broadhaven Primary School. So back in 1977, we're still in the seven. Things are groovy. Um, did I say in the seven? In I the did. seven.
0: So, so yours happened a year before mine. So yeah. not that long ago, right?
2: uh <laughs> <laughs> very long time ago um but so this happened back in 1977 at the Broadhaven Primary School and which was apparently part of this location that became known as the Dyfed Triangle I
0: actually which I've heard of that
2: yeah and it's this location in Wales that just a lot of UFO sightings were happening at the time and reports were so frequent that a lot of kids at Broadhaven were just talking about where they're seeing this UFO. So they're all rolling, running out to this area looking. Um, and when they get there, they all described seeing this ship coming and going. Well, this one kid goes out there. Uh, he's kind of, I guess he's, I don't know if he's made a career off of this at this point or not. But um, his name is David Davies, and he goes out, and he takes a look, because he doesn't believe all the other kids, and when he gets there, he sees this little UFO ship, and what it does is it goes out, he sees it flying, and it goes behind some trees and lands. It's nothing too...
0: What's it look like? Nothing
2: too flashy. I'll I'll get to that.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, my goodness.
2: (laughs) So, they they spotted this thing, and it... What it is described as is a cigar-shaped craft. Oh, yeah? yeah we all love that. What? Who Who describes, Who describes? would describe a spaceship as cigar-shaped? I don't think I would. I would,
0: I, I would probably describe Castro. it more as, like, cylinder-esque. I guess. Yeah, this is mm. off-subject, and uh, I apologize for derailing your mm. topic for just a second, but James, I think you might find this interesting. For the longest time, Gwen was telling us that she had really bad dreams. About Pete the Wolf mm-hmm. with a carrot in his mouth.
2: Yeah, you know, we've told it. We've told it, James, about this. one. Did we? Both of you yeah. tell our listeners, just Did
0: we? Did I talk about it on the podcast? Oh, uh, probably.
2: I Everybody would love to hear you. So. Never mind. But yeah, Pete the Wolf <laughs> with a carrot in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, Pete the Wolf. And it, we found out later that Pete the Wolf had a cigar. Cigar. <laughs> yeah,
0: it was a cigar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Gwen very um, selfish or selflessly donated that. Mickey Mouse book to Archer to room
2: Archer that was so, so kind that, of yeah
0: so that he would have <laughs> bad dreams did. instead of her yeah. yeah pretty funny anyways okay this so <clears throat> the ship is and were the kids calling it cigar shaped
2: I don't know honestly it, it's hard to tell but <laughs> it doesn't really matter how they described it because I'll tell you why later so a cigar shaped craft with a dome covering the middle of it like you'd expect like a typical UFO picture yeah,
0: that I see it
2: um. And so he said he watched it for a few seconds before it disappeared. And now he said he also felt eh. and shout out real quick to BBC.com for their article. Broadhaven UFO sightings marks 40 years on. Wow. Wow. Mm. Um, And so he, he says that he saw this happen. He felt he didn't feel scared of it, but he also describes a feeling of needing to run away. So I I don't know how that
0: works. I would want to run away. Not
2: scared, but wants to run away. I don't know. That's an interesting uh, feeling I don't understand. So, obviously, the kids are talking about this. The headmasters at the school get some word, and they're quick to try to put the kibosh on the sightings. Like, this is getting ridiculous. We don't want people talking about our kids seeing aliens. So, in order to disprove the students and prove that they were lying little children, little rats. (laughs) They split all of them up and had them each draw a picture of the UFO. And to their surprise, and I'm sure shock, probably accompanied by the appropriate horror music, the kids all drew remarkably similar ships. And not only that, they drew similar aliens on the ships as well. So, or, or... around the ship so if they had seen aliens they drew them as well and the ones that did draw the alien looked very similar to each other Mm -hmm. they were wearing metallic suits
0: Ooh. So no, uh, no black overalls.
2: No black overalls okay. this time. No black overalls. So
1: they brought their A game.
2: Pretty, pretty, pretty ominous uh, little situation where you have I don't know thirty kids that all is, draw different, uh, all separated, and they all draw the same thing.
0: You could totally put that in a horror movie, and it would be really freaky. The reason I
2: picked mm-hmm. this topic is because that actually happens in the movie Godzilla versus Violante
0: uh, Oh <laughs> wow. <laughs> A
2: little fun fact And it's one of the coolest moments in the film For sure Um, Anyway So local authorities Were like I still don't believe these little children I don't care what they say (laughs) So they believed that a local prankster was around He'd run around dressed up In a protection In a protection suit that matched What nearby uh, refineries What people at nearby refineries would wear Okay So Mm -hmm. You know They continued to dismiss the sightings They're like Pshh these lying kids. I do. I have evidence that they're wrong. No, I don't see that the ships landed here. And if I did, I wouldn't tell them. And a man named Glenn Edwards in 1996, though, almost 20 years afterwards, yeah, claims that he wandered or he wandered the area in a silver suit as a prank.
0: At that, so, so it was a man in a suit
2: he claims this now here's the other weird thing about this though the government didn't stop trying to explain it so they described that what the kids probably saw wasn't saw a spaceship it was a sewage tank
0: A sewage tank that, like, Mm. flew away?
2: Exactly. That's my question. You know, (laughs) that's uh, that's exactly what I That's worse than swamp gas, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Flying sewage tanks. That's terrifying. That's way worse than a UFO. (laughs) Mm. Um, I think that's a ridiculous explanation. Yeah. Now, apparently, a former U.S. Navy sailor claimed that the figure was a U.S. military personnel wearing a standard fireproof uniform. And the UFOs were Harrier jets flying over. This sounds like a completely insane explanation for I, what happened. Well, if I were a
0: kid, I feel like I would know the difference between a jet and
2: these se- kids are ten years old. Yeah, they know what a sewage tank is. At the very least, they know yeah. it's not a UFO. Yeah, they're not going to mistake a Harrier jet for a UFO. Yeah. I mean, they're they're ten. Yeah. <laughs> They're not three-year-olds. And some of
0: them probably loved planes. Like, lots of kids are, like, obsessed with planes.
2: Exactly. Exactly. So, <laughs> I, I, I could see the kids being wrong. But their explanations and the government's explanations for what happened are so terrible. I'm like, maybe it was real.
0: (laughs) As the kids are saying nowadays, that's sus.
2: Yeah, that's sus, as the kids say. Now, one of the most interesting arguments I saw presented was also (laughs) on this article. uh, And it was Emily Williams who proposed this. She said um, that it isn't that isn't it strange that an entire classroom was able to lie. How can right. how can ten how how can twenty ten, year, ten olds. year olds keep a lie together? And not only do they keep a lie together, they keep it together for forty years, yeah, and not a single one of those classmates have admitted that they lied.
0: Yeah, that's wow. that's a that's kind of suspicious.
2: Yeah, I think that's a really good argument, and and some of the one of the kids. He says that even later in schooling, after he left this school and he was in, I guess it's the equivalent of middle school and maybe even high school, but that he was beat up a lot because people made fun of it. And he said, he said it would have been easier for me to say that it wasn't real, but that he,
0: he'd be lying, but
2: then he would be lying. so he never took back his story. So I, I do think it's interesting though, that some of these people have made careers, Kind of. Yeah, that's made always some,
0: suspicious too. Made some
2: money off of this. The guy that claims to be a bullied as well, he he's made some money off of this. Uh I think he has a yeah. let me see.
0: I I I don't know. Your your story seems to be more realistic than my story, the one that happened in Poland. Like I would be more apt to believe that than
2: Yeah. I mean, this guy that got picked on. He says that UFOs have become, like, the subject of his life at this point. Like It's it's what he thinks about. He researches all the time. Um, and that, yeah, he, it seems like he also wrote a book based on the subject. That being said, though, you still have all the other kids who are not profiting off of this.
0: Who still maintain yeah. that it who happens. Who
2: still maintain that it happened. So, I think it's really an interesting story. I would have thought the kids just mistook something. Uh and I probably still maybe do a little bit, but the government going the extent they did with their explanations is just a huge yeah. red flag for me.
0: Wow. Agreed.
2: Yeah. Now, James, what about hmm. you?
0: What are you talking
1: about? Uh, yeah, I've got some uh, different accounts, and yeah, they weren't super long ago. They were um, like seventy six <laughs> <of laughs> BC. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah. Uh-huh. It's interesting how long people have seen UFOs and this is just like a shotgun of, of some ancient sightings. Now I know that we've briefly discussed 1561 and 1566 and by then people describe celestial phenomena a little better, but the ones I'm describing it's one of those things where it's like is this just people trying to describe something wrong with society through allegory? Because that was a real common thing, by the way. Or is this like something that really happened? And a good example of this, the what I, the exaggerations I was describing, is um, during antiquity, kings were seen to be a reflection of heaven and divine order. And so okay. if they were doing the wrong thing... People, historians, they would write down like really crazy things, like, you know, the birds are flew backwards today and, and the, the moon broke into two pieces. And you see like accounts. So some of these could be that, but a lot of them give me pause. So in 7 BC, Plutarch said that uh, there was a, a battle taking place commanded by Lucullus. And, and this is a quote. All on a sudden, the sky burst asunder, and a huge flame like body was seen to fall between the two armies. In shape, it was most like a wine jar, and in color, like molten silver. Hmm. So, I mean, that's that to me, it's it's they didn't have cigars Mm -hmm. back then, yeah. (laughs) So, it's yeah, a wine jar. So, in other words, something that's round at the base. And, and I mean, it, actually, now that I think about it, it sounds like the things that we've been seeing the past month, you know, the weird cylinders. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, wine jar shaped. So that's really bizarre. But again, the molten silver is the most interesting thing. Ooh. 76 BC, Pliny the Elder said that a spark fell from a star. And as it descended, it grew and grew and grew until it appeared to be the size of the moon. Now, I have no idea what that really means. Does he mean like the way it looks in the sky and like a marble or does he mean enormous? Um, it just seems kind of like a really weird way of describing it. Um, but here's the interesting part. So they describe it as inanimate. It's a spark that fell from a star, but once it landed, it ascended back up into the sky. Ooh. So it went,
0: it. So it I mean, went
1: away. <clears throat> it went away. It was described as an inanimate <clears throat> object and yet it, Behaved on its own. So that's super weird. Yeah. In uh 65 BC, the uh historian Flavius Josephus said that there were chariots flying through the sky. Hmm. And the one that the one this is one of my favorite like Roman time sightings, though. Because we've one. talked about sky. Yeah. Oh no, the one I'm about took to over, actually. Um, in 196. So What's interesting is we've covered, like, uh, sky jelly, but I don't know if we've ever talked about angel hair. So Pasta? presumably, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good one. But, uh, but th- what's, this is what's weird about this one is uh, I don't know if it's really angel hair, but if it is, it's the first ever account of angel hair. So Cassius Dio described a fine rain resembling silver, that descended from a clear sky, in other words, you know, not a sky where there'd normally be precipitation, upon the forum of Augustus. Okay, that sure. angel hair is usually ascribed to spiders, so oh. could have just been, you know, you see, you see those like viral stories about cobwebs—they're covering things. Mm-hmm. Now that's all well and good; that makes sense. Okay, so it's it's that, and that's therefore it's part of the angel hair phenomenon. Here's the weird part: um, Cassius actually. Took the material and he plated some bronze coins with it to see you know what would happen, mm-hmm. and after four days it vanished. The coating that he had put on the, the coins. Now here's the part that I have issue with. If this was really angel hair, that is to say, simply spider silk, then it sounds like a goth uh, record, simply spider silk. But uh, if it had been that, then it shouldn't have been able to withstand being plated. And if it had withstood that, it shouldn't have decomposed. Hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm a little skeptical that it was angel hair. It sounds more like something else entirely. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, some weird stuff. And things like this go back even further. These are some of the ones where I think, you know, it could be more like (coughs) writing weird portents of doom to suggest that like a king wasn't reflecting divine unity, but these are even older. In 218 BC in Rome, all of these so far, by the way, have been in Rome. Um, Livy pointed out that there was a lot of weird stuff going on in the winter, and that included phantom ships gleaming and glistening in the sky. Now, again, that could be one of those examples of like, you know, the the people in charge aren't doing their jobs, so some weird stuff's happening, you know the sun's rising in the east and setting in the west or whatever. Right. Or I think I said that yes. backwards, but yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But, uh, you know, it could be something like that. But what I find interesting is he describes them as gleaming and glistening as though they're made of metal. You know, I could be reading too much into it, but if so, that was a really old UFO account, 218 BC. And the last one I'm going to cover was in 1440. So, still pretty far back as far as that goes, but more mm, questionable. And also, for the first time, not in Rome. So, as part of the Tully Papyrus, the scribes of Pharaoh Tutmos III said that fiery disks were seen floating all over the sky. Now, not only is that a pretty vague description, and it could be any astrological, astronomical, or meteorological phenomenon... Mm -hmm. What's really questionable is whether this is even real. And a lot of people claim that that account entirely is not real. But, what? but those are Why just some that? of the. Oh, so go for it. Uh, mainly just because of inconsistencies in the actual writing itself. And the actual account of the person It's called the Thule Papyrus because the guy who, quote unquote, discovered it, his name was Thule. Well, during this time, there was a lot of deliberate counterfeit artifacts being sold. So this could have just been the work of some scam artist and he bought it and, you know, so forth. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. But those are all of the major events that we're seeing in antiquity. Uh, You know, in other words, before people really started writing things down in a manner where we can gauge it with some degree more objectivity. In other words, like the medieval period and further past, um, And speaking of which, I'll cover one more because this is interesting. Because, again, we've touched on 1561 and 1566, which I've always wondered why it happened in a short span of time in a very specific area like that. We could could address that some other time. But on the other side of the world, in Korea, in 1609, a bunch of people, like a very large number of people saw what was described as – wash bowls cut in two with halos. So that's one of those instances where they didn't even say, oh, that looks like a ship. Some of some of the previous ones, because they described them as vessels or ships, it's kind of like, okay, well that sounds like ancient technology. So it's just normal mythology, but yeah. this, they're describing something very difficult for them to wrap their heads around. Hmm. And uh, yeah, that was what they described. And I don't know. It's just one of those things where this was the this was the 16th century or 17th century, re- really early 17th century. <laughs> you know, there would have been no cultural overlap between what was going on in medieval Europe and what was going on in Korea. So it's not one of those things where you could say, "Well, one culture influenced another and their folklore kind of overlapped." No, this this really the the fact that it was seen in two different sides of the world. all within a hundred year span during a period where there was not really any communication between these regions to me is, is some of the highest credence that you can find that UFO sightings have some legitimacy. That's bizarre. So interesting. It
0: freaks me out to be (laughs) honest. I think
1: it's so interesting.
0: James, do you think, what do you think? Do you think that aliens came?
2: Yeah. Mm. Plenty of times. Mm. They didn't I, do anything. Why? I, is it, you're you're fine. I, I I just
0: I just hear these stories about people seeing aliens, and it freaks me out because, <sighs> like my dad, for example, I don't know if I've ever shared this on the show before. Maybe I have. But when he was younger, he had a dream, and he said it was the most vivid, realistic dream he's ever had. But he had a dream that he woke up, and there was an alien looking at him through his window. <sighs> <sighs> I hear stories like that, and I've heard them a lot. And for some reason, your your stuff reminded me of those types of stories, James. And I just, uh, it makes me terrified to look outside my window at night or outside my door at night. You know what I mean? Oof. Yeah. Yes. Oof. Yes. sorry. I, I'm sorry if I freaked you out, dear listener. But it's a little spooky. It is, it is spooky. <laughs> and so when James says, yeah, I think that aliens come all the time. I think they've been here. It makes me scared, okay? (laughs) Can you blame me? (laughs) I caramba. Well, James, thanks for scaring me. Even though you're talking, you're talking about things that happened way before mine and Alex's. It's still a little bit. I don't know. Scary Harry. Scary Harry. Well, (laughs) boys, thank you so much for giving us your wonderful stories. Um, Thanks. Is there anything that you guys want to close with before we say good evening?
2: Um. No, just don't be in the seventies. <laughs> Whether it's seventies BC or seventies AD, stay out of them, yeah, and you won't th- see your aliens.
0: All right, you guys, you yep. heard it from Alex. Keep your eyes on the skies, and until next <laughs> week, we hope that you can keep it vit- straight. Yeah.